welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. What we're going to do today is a continuation of last week's service. So we're going to ask, I'm going to ask Pastor Jenny to share a little bit. Oh, it's working. Um, I thought it would be so amazing. So we we were talking a little, um, Jeremy and Tasha, are you in here? Yeah, you guys want to come up here? Come on, let's clap for them, you guys. These guys are champions. (laughs) And having done all the stand, we stand firm. Amen? Amen. We stand firm and we hold on to the promises of God. Yeah, you guys, you guys get the couch. We get the metal chairs. You guys get the comfy couch. Um, We were talking about identity last week, and we were talking about faith, and I just thought it would be so wonderful, instead of just doing a part two message on, hey, let's talk about faith again, is why don't we share a story about faith and action and holding on to the promises of God and what that looks like. And we've been wanting to for about a year. You and I have talked about back and forth about having this moment, and this moment just seems so perfect for today. But for, for those of you that weren't here last week, I had shared on Hebrews 11:6, which says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And as I begin to look at this scripture and just meditate on it over and over again, I begin to see the scripture in a, new, in a new way this season where it really has so much to do with identity. Because when you know who he is, we, we, we know what he has. And as children of God, we're just able to stand there and just say, God, we receive it. So one of the definitions that the Lord had given me on faith, I'd asked the Lord for a definition of faith. And he said, you know, Jen, faith isn't trying harder. He said, faith looks like um, identity with the lights turned on. And I thought, God, well, how powerful is that? It was just like this sweet definition and fresh definition of faith that he gave me. And, and I began to read about Jacob in Genesis 32. And in Genesis 32, um, verses 26, I believe, Jacob says in that story, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And it was this story of where Jacob, he just wasn't letting go because he knew who his God was. And when we know who God is, we're not going to let go until we get from God what he told us that we were going to have. So if you back up, from, I'm just giving a bit of a recap from last Sunday. But if you, if you go from chapters 32, from I'm not going to let go until you bless me, and then you go back to Genesis 28 and you see Jacob um, again, having this dream, and in this dream, the angels are ascending and descending, and, and Jacob wakes up from that dream, and he just says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't aware of it, and God just began to speak to Jacob a word for his life, a promise for his life, so then you, you see that, that identity, that the father was just like, here's the word for you, you're going to have kids, you're going to adopt kids, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, we get these words from the Lord, don't we? We're like, God says this, and God says that. We're like, awesome, right? You know those awesome moments? And then you're walking down, you know, a day, and you're like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. You know, and then it's like a week, whoop, it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, and you're like, awesome, this word's going to happen. And then a year, and for some of us, five years, and for some of us, ten years, and for some of us, decades, and for some of us, we are still looking behind us, being like, okay, it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> you know? but holding on to the promises of God. But that's the reality of sometimes that's what it looks like. 
But as God speaks to us and reminds us of who he is, who we are in him, we're able to hold on from that place because faith isn't trying harder. The fact is, is we cannot, we cannot, oh, you know, to receive the promises of God. And he's like, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> but we cannot try harder to make the promises of God happen in our lives. But what we do is like Ephesians 6, 13 says, and having done all to stand, it says we stand firm. We stand firm because we rest upon the promises of God. And, and I just want to start this conversation. And I had shared this, um, this verse with uh, Tasha this week. And I said, hey, I wanted to share this verse last week, but I didn't get to share. How do you think this scripture fits in with what you guys are going to share today? And I, th- I think it's quite perfect. It's for, uh, if you have a Bible, it's 1 Kings 8, 56. Just give you guys a moment to turn there. 1 Kings 8.56. Maybe we can get that up there. But it says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest. You guys say rest. Yes. To his people Israel according to all that he has promised. Not one word has failed of all of his good promise. Say good promise. Good promise. Which he spoke by Moses, his servant. Rest. There's rest. When God speaks to us, church, there is rest in the words that he speaks to us. And it says, not one word has failed of his good promise. The promises that he's spoken to you, church, they're good. His plans for you are so good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to receive that promise, it just takes trusting in him. And and decades, you know, we're going to hear about this story. And it's it's a good story. And it's, it's a good journey. And, and what we're praying for and what we're believing for today is that you, if you guys that um, know the story are in, get encouraged and strengthened again, but for the ones that you have no idea who this amazing couple is and, and how much they have stood on the promises of God, that you guys would be encouraged and say what God's done for them, he will do for me because we rest, church. And we don't just rest alone, but we rest together on the promises of God. So why don't we start at the beginning? <laughs> Why don't you guys tell everybody your names? Okay. I'm Tasha. This is Jeremy. We're the Hardens. Um, Jeremy, you speak as well, correct? He does. Jo- I'm just making sure. <laughs> he un, just made me promise poquito? I do a lot of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and how long have you guys been married? Um, it'll be 19 years this 19 December. 19 years. Yeah. And just kind of jumping way ahead, you've been married 19 years, and when did you guys... When did you guys say, I want to have kids? We want to have kids. Right away. Right away. (laughs) So 19 years ago, you're like, we want to have kids right away. How long did you guys known each other before you got married? About almost a year. Okay. Oh, very fast. Okay. fast. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Sometimes when you know, you know, right? Like when you know, you know. Uh, And so you got married, wanted to have kids right away. And how long did it take you to have kids in your life? 18 years. 18 years. It's a long time, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I knew I could ask you. A, I, I, I lobbed that one for you. I knew you'd hit it. <laughs> 18 years is a long time. Um, you know, if you read the word of God, and I'm trusting and hoping and believing that you all do read the Bible in some way, uh, when you look through the word of God, you see a lot of people who waited a long time for the promises of God to come to pass in their life. Um, has anybody heard of Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament? 
And God promised them things so that they could have things, and they had to wait 40 years before they got what God promised to them. Um, if you read in Hebrews, which we call the, the, there's a section there that we call the heroes of faith. And the Bible says there in Hebrews that a lot of those people died believing God to see those promises. So 18 years is a long time to trust in God and to wait. Uh, I was talking a few weeks ago, remember I, I told my McDonald's story about waiting in the drive-thru at McDonald's and how that drive is crazy. And have, if you have to wait longer than five minutes at McDonald's, you've had enough. So waiting something like 18 years to see God move in your life is hard. Um, so when did you guys... Uh, you weren't able to have kids. Um, what, tell, take us through that. Like, what was that like for you? Like, when did you realize you couldn't have kids, and then what happened? I would say uh, when it wasn't happening. <laughs> uh, it's pretty uh, straightforward, but uh, um, yeah, it just we we were uh, yeah, it wasn't happening. We we're like, well, this is weird, so. Tasha's going to expound on that. <laughs> I would say it's pretty early on. You know, after the first year, two years, three years, and you're like, okay, this really this yeah. isn't going the way we thought it was going to go. Um, and kind of diving into that a little bit. I know early on we were talking about it last night, just those things that kind of come up over your, your journey and yeah. your years. And just we were both remembering that we had one um, time in our, early in our marriage, so pretty early on. Um, we were at some random conference with, like, we couldn't even remember the details, but there was a, a word spoken over us mm. about having many children Yeah. Um, that never left us. That was kind yeah. of one that just was kind of there. Right so hang on a second. On. So you had a word spoken over you. Yeah. And what did you do with that word? Um, I think at first we kind of took it home and got, okay, so this is going to happen yeah. like tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. Isn't that what we all do? Um, and then as time kind of progressed a little bit longer, we started thinking, well, maybe it just meant um, the kids we were fostering, or maybe it yeah. meant our nieces and nephews, or maybe it meant, and you kind of put it away a little bit, and you kind of go, well, maybe we didn't quite understand it right, yeah. or maybe it wasn't totally for us the way we thought it was, or maybe that person was just really crazy. Yeah. I mean, you kind of go through all of those things. But it was one that never really left us. Mm -hmm. And it would kind of keep kind of bubbling up and keep surfacing for us. And we would kind of go, oh, when is this going to happen for us? So, yeah, that's a clue right there for you. So we're believing that today that as you hear this story, there may be some things that pop out to you. But what Tasha just said right there about how this word didn't leave and it kept bubbling up and kept popping up inside of them, that's how you know when it's God that's speaking to you. If something won't leave you alone, if it doesn't go away and it keeps coming up in your spirit over and over and over again, you know that it was a word from God and that God is wanting to move and desiring to move in your life. So my point of stopping here is encouraging you to say, hey, take stock of your life. Take stock of the things that God has said to you in the past and ask yourself, does this keep coming up in my life? Do I keep having these words? Does this, does this desire in me go away or does this desire continually stay in my heart? And it's kind of like an app running in the background, how it's always in the back of my head. And for the young people, too, just to park on this for a minute, because this is key, and we get this question a lot, as I'm sure many of you do, where you might have the question of, 
how do I tell if it's good or if it's God? Because there is a there is a there is a difference, you know. And as you know, we live in these days and and in this season, we really need to have eyes to see and ears to hear and have the steadfastness to be able to say, God, what is what is good, but what is you? You know, and we were even talking last week about writing it down. Yeah. Write down the things that God says for you, or else you're just going to remember that was good. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, that was good. But you'll begin to see when it's God, because now you have um, records of seeing what has been said over and over and over, because you won't forget it. So did you write that down anywhere? You know, I'm not good about writing <laughs> things down. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it probably did at some point because it was it was one of those words that just like I said has never left and even talking last night I brought it up without even kind of remembering when exactly it was and he goes oh yeah I remember exactly where we were when that one happened so it was yeah definitely one that stuck for sure okay so going on from there so you had this word yeah and then then still nothing happened (laughs) still nothing happened and you know we looked at doctor's appointments and and then we had applied to adopt and then we kind of got talked into fostering which was a really good situation in our life and it filled that hole for a little while and how long had this been um we were probably five six years in by then okay um and then um things got really hard you know things still weren't happening none of those children were still ours yeah um and we had a couple of failed adoption attempts in there where kids had come in and we thought that they were going to be ours forever and then it didn't stick and lots of heartbreak and lots of um real searching and seeking and and trying to understand um and then we took kind of a long break and we said okay god like we can't do this part on our own anymore we can't keep striving we can't keep trying to make things happen Um, But I think that's really human, and I think that's really natural for us, especially with all the technology we have these days, and especially because so much of what we can do in our lives these days can happen really fast. And so, or or that's the perception we see um, from other people's lives, um, that it's really hard sometimes, like we think we can just keep doing it ourselves. But I think, I remember um, telling you pretty early on that I didn't want God's second best for us. Right. That's um, good. And I didn't want Ishmael. I wanted yeah. Isaac. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, um, just holding on to that yeah. um, kind of kept us, I think, a little bit more steady and just yeah. kind of going, you know, there's lots of things we could do out there and it's not wrong for whoever. Whatever your journey is and whatever God's leading to you, totally fine. But that wasn't our path and our plan and what his promise was for us. Um, Let's pause here for a second. So for those of you who don't know who um, Isaac and Ishmael are, let's take a second and talk about Isaac and Ishmael. God came to Abram. He was an old guy, and he said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And Abram had no sons. And so similar to what Tasha was saying, how, you know, they tried things. They were trying to do things in their own power. They started fostering kids, and they were trying to make things happen, and things weren't happening, but they were doing everything they could. Um, Abram, in the Old Testament, God said, you're going to be a father of many nations. Took him outside one night out of his tent, out of his house, and said, look up at the stars. And he said, you're going to be able to count. He said, count all those stars. That's how many kids, how many descendants you're going to have. And Abram's like, I don't have, I don't have one kid. How am I going to have all those stars? And so Abram took matters into his own hand, and he, he went, and he went and slept with his wife's servant. And she had a baby. And he's like, well, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. And that was Ishmael. 
Abram trying to make things come to pass in his own strength. And it wasn't God's doing, it was Abram's doing. And so many times in life, God speaks to us and says, Drew, this is going to happen in your life. Drew, this is who I've called you to be. This is who I've called you to go and minister to. These are the things that I want you to do, Lee. You're supposed to go here. And so immediately we begin to find ways naturally to make those things come to pass. Well, God said this, so I'm going to start. I'm just going to make this happen. I'm going to start doing this in your own power, in your own strength. And you get to this place where sometimes they're just not working. And it seems like all these doors are closing in your face. And you're like, why isn't this working? Why can't I go here? Why aren't, why, why aren't I? Why aren't I who God said I was supposed to be? Why is it not looking the way that I think it will look? And then we come to the place where you have to take a step back and stop and rest and realize that you can't do those things. Some of those things God's called you to do are only through his grace and through his gifting and through his power and through his mercy. And so you take a step back and you say, okay, and this is where we pray all the time, God, your kingdom come and your will be done. Would you show me what that looks like? Would you show me what steps to take? I've done all these steps myself, but would you show me the steps to take? Right, and, and so often in these seasons, in these journeys, we get so focused on the promise, the promise, the promise that we have to remember to take a step back and remember, no, he's the God of the promise. He is the God over it all, in it all, and through it all. And while we're waiting for the promise, sometimes decades, sometimes 18 years, guess what? We're becoming more like the God of the promise. Right. Amen? Like the scripture says, I will cry out to God who fulfills all things to me. And as he's, he's, what's happening in that journey through those 18 years, the first year, the second year, the third year, the fourth year, God's fulfilling himself in you and in all of us in ways that we don't even understand. And then we get to that promise moment. You're like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you kind of look back. So what I was asking you last night, like what were some scriptures or that, you know, you'd sent me Psalms and what was one or two scriptures that you really were able just to rest on? Um, there was so many. Yeah. I mean, we looked at Abraham's story and Hannah's story and, yeah. and the Israelite story going into the promised land. And I mean, so many things over the years. I mean, you kind of go every which direction. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of the Psalms um, just, they stick with you. They've got some melody to them. So they kind of follow you through your day. Um, and so much of it is just about, yeah, holding on to the promise and kind of seeking God and when is your promise going to happen, God? And then some are going, okay, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to believe in the promise. And then some are just, yeah, kind of lamenting like this is never going to happen. Um, but they kind of sustain you. Um, but still always that, that talk about the promise. Um, and I think it was Psalm 119 that I sent you. Um, 82. 82, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not good with references. Um, but it just talks about holding on to the promise. Psalm 119.82. If you guys have your Bibles, let's look at that for a minute. Psalm 119.82. Yeah, my eyes long for your promise. Yeah. And I ask, when will you comfort me? And there's another translation that says, when will you come to me? And just, yeah, I think that was always kind of the one that just stuck. 
just when are, when are you going to do this, God? Um, and then Jeremy had a few as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Um, so uh, I'm also uh, in, in, in the uh, Psalms here. Um, one that I kind of held on to uh, for a long time, and still do, uh, is Psalm 13. It's, uh, it's a little shorter. Um, do you want me to read it? Yeah, please. I'd love okay. That. So Psalm chapter 13, it's the whole, uh, whole chapter. So... Uh, Uh, how long, O oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look, at, look the other way? How long must I struggle in anguish in my soul uh, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O oh Lord, God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Wow. Uh, don't let my enemies gloat saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at the downfall. Um, chapter, verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice uh, because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord for he is so good to me. That kind of, I kind of held on to that. Um, you know, she had mentioned the fact that we have uh, had a couple of failed adoption attempts and, and, um, you know, there was a long time where, where we were just, like, we were confused. And, uh, I mean, that's gut-wrenching for anybody, yeah. you know, when you have someone come into your house and then, and then leave again. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, like she said, we had kind of taken a break. We are like, we're done. We can't do this anymore. Um, you know, fostering, we, we quit fostering. And, and uh, um, yeah, so it's just... It, it was a long time, and waiting's hard. Waiting is so hard sometimes. <laughs> and, and uh, but again, you kind of remind yourself of these things that, you know what? Sorry. Sorry. We're just, it's okay. We're just sitting here having a, we're just having a conversation on the couch. This is real life. It's okay. I don't want to, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So yeah, it, uh, it it's been a long time, um, and uh, yeah, before I go off on the camera. It's okay. No, it was really good. It's super good. Um, I think, yeah, we waited a long time, and then um, slowly I think God started putting little sparks back yeah. in for us, um, and our spectacular little nephew was born six years ago. Yeah. And he's here today. He's here today. Yeah, Pax is here today in the back. Um, and, you know, he, he started a spark in us that we didn't have from the other, you know, 13, yeah. 15 other nieces and nephews we yeah. have. Yeah. There's and, a do lot you know, and do you know what that spark is called? It's called hope. Yeah. Totally, totally hope. hope. For sure. It yeah. was hope. We got to spend a huge amount of time with him as a little baby and as he started to grow. And I remember we went on one vacation after he was born and um, we kind of looked at each other and go, well... Are we ready to do this again? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really that hope, that spark of hope, and that yeah. kind of reigniting of that promise um, that made us go, oh, <laughs> yep. okay, I think maybe now's the time to look at what God's got next. 
And so six years ago, Paxton was born. You guys spent yeah. a lot of time with him. I remember when we moved here, like when uh, I showed up in last January, Paxton was around all the time. In fact, we went out to dinner one night yeah. early last. Jen had flown home from Cal or back from Calgary, and we, the four of us got together. And I think Paxton came with us, he right? He did, yeah. And I did everything in my power to get Paxton to talk to me, and it was next yeah. to impossible. <laughs> uh, but he was there, and he was with you guys all the time. Yeah. Um, so how did it go from Paxson being born mm -hmm. to where we're at today? Yeah, so we went on that vacation, and we spent a lot of time just talking to each other and praying with each other. Um, Jeremy went to Freedom Sessions that year. We started kind of working on ourselves and our marriage again um, and just kind of going, okay, like I feel like this might be our season. Um, and then starting to take those baby steps, we went to an information night again about adoption, and we started to kind of just do each step as it kind of came our way and kind of kept going, okay, God, if this is you, we're going to do the next step. And then if you keep that door open, then I guess we'll take the next step um, with fear and trembling the whole way because we really didn't want to get let down again. Um, and we were scared for sure, um, but still hopeful. There was still this, this spark that that kind of just kept us moving forward. Huge amount of hurdles along the way. <laughs> there was crazy amounts of paperwork and visits and things that just didn't go the way we thought that they should and it was not a simple process at all. Um, but each step kind of seemed to rectify itself and we kind of go, okay, God, <laughs> we'll do the next step and the next step. And it took a few years yeah. for sure. Um, and then even when we thought we knew where it was going, it kind of changed directions a little bit, even right up until um, knowing we were getting a beautiful little girl. Um, the week before, we thought it was going to be a different little boy. <laughs> um, there was just lots of little kind of twists and turns. We went to a meeting where they showed all the different profiles, and there was another set there, and we were like, oh, maybe those are the ones for us. Like, lots of just wondering and praying and seeking the Lord. So, like, nothing, nothing, nothing for years and years, and then breakthrough. Yeah. Huge breakthrough. Huge breakthrough. Yeah. And then, but I think it's important to to um, focus on that hope. It really, it was that spark. That, that's hope. huge. That's yeah. huge in this whole story, to focus on that point of hope. Yeah. Because as you begin, as you begin to hope, again, yeah. and then the scriptures come up, and then you just start making the next step, and then the next step, and then the next yeah. step. Yeah. But without that first little spark, I don't think right. we'd be here doing yeah. saying this mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, and it was recognizing that that was that that spark that kind of got yeah. us moving again. And so, where are we today? What what is you've gone eighteen years? Yeah, been married, and no kids. Last summer, we were um, introduced to our beautiful little girl on her second birthday. Yeah, um, and she couldn't be more fitting for us if we had made one ourselves. More like your own child? 100% <laughs> true. Mini Tasha. She's so ours. Um, and back in April, her paperwork finally got finalized. So she's 100% legally, 100%. She is yours. everything ours. Um, and along with her came our bonus baby. <laughs> um, her baby brother was born in November last year, and yeah. he got to move in three weeks after he was born. Um, and we've still got a paperwork journey with him, but yeah. in every other way, he's, he's ours too, and again, couldn't fit more perfectly for us. Yeah. Um, and for them. And for them. Like, See, in, in that, when yeah. God does something, like I always say this, everybody wins. So 
they have children. Mm-hmm. And then a brother and sister get to be together. Mm-hmm. See how God's on both yeah. sides of that equation. Absolutely. Yeah. Only yeah. God. It, only God. Because really, I mean, even when we talk about the situation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there she goes. Uh, there she goes. <laughs> Um, but when we even think about it, and when we talk to other people in, in the adoption world and the fostering, just the fact that we got um, them the way we did and, yeah. and who they are and the ages they are and all of those little details that kind of come into place. When we look back, we go, now we know why we fostered before because we wouldn't have been able to have Jackson yeah. now had yeah. we not done that before yeah. and had that background. And we wouldn't have Harmony if we hadn't taken Jackson. And like just all the little details from our last 18 years. Come here, sweetie. Come on, <laughs> come on Harmony. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bring those shiny shoes up here. She is so precious. She's all good now. It's almost like God knew behind the scenes what he was doing, isn't it? It's almost like he had this planned out all along. Um, was there ever, since we're just having a real conversation, since we've had phones go off and we've had crying, <laughs> screaming babies run up here and we're just having a real conversation, was there ever a moment in the last 18 years where you were in despair, where you thought none of this was going to happen, none of it was going to work, that you thought that word that you got way back in the day that it was not real, not accurate? There was? Oh, yeah. Jeremy? Yeah? Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would say so. Um, you know, when you go for so long, and especially if you get, like, prophesied over or yeah. something, or, or something, a word spoken to you, um, like she said earlier, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, a little bit goes by and a little more time, and you think, well, maybe maybe uh, they were wrong, or maybe I didn't quite hear as, yeah. as, uh, as we should have or, or whatnot. And so you kind of, sometimes you, it's easy to forget um, and, uh, but yeah, there were, there were absolute times where we thought this isn't, this isn't going to happen. And what did you guys do in the middle of the darkest nights and the scariest days? What did you do? Uh, we prayed and, uh, we cried and prayed some more. Fell onto God and, and yeah. Yeah. Yep. See, and that was part of, they never let go. Yep. You know, and, and. Never letting go doesn't look like not crying, guys. This is real life. You know, like, there's, not, there's moments, and maybe you've been there, but I've had nights where I've just, I cry myself to sleep holding on to my Bible. But the key is that you guys never, you never let go, you know? And then God brought that hope along just to be like, no, this is, I did say this to you. You will have children. Um, it's looked different than maybe what you thought it would look like, but I will fulfill all my promise to you. Amen, Harmony? Do you want to say hi to everybody? Hi. Hi. Yeah, hi. We want to bring their little boy up here. Doesn't this just remind you of the scripture? It says, instead of shame, that we'll have double honor. Doesn't it? Just like God. This is baby Jackson, but like J-A-X-X, yeah. The coolest possible way to spell that name. And we didn't do it. <laughs> Hi, buddy. How are you? Can we, just, can we clap for a minute just for the faithfulness of God? Come on. 
God is so faithful. You know, and what, honestly, one of, the, one of the astounding things about this to me is that if you look at Harmony, Harmony, look at everybody so they can see you. Smile at everybody. She looks like really she is their biological child. And Jackson does too. He's like, you can tell without a doubt that these two are siblings and they look like they belong biologically, like this was done by them. It's amazing how God works. You know, one of the scriptures that Tasha sent me last night was Psalm 68, 5, was he's a father to the fatherless, a protector of widows, is God in his holy habitation. And, and I remember actually right before this all happened, and I remember, we, I don't know if you remember this moment, but it was in the school and we prayed together and it was just, it was just a holy moment. And, and, and we were almost like praying for like all parents, you know, people seeking adoptions. God, let, God, would you open up the ears um, of the people to hear the cries of the fatherless, you know, just to hear the cries of the fatherless, because we, we focus on this side, but there's, there's, all, these, there's all these children uh, that are longing, not just for homes, but mothers and fathers that will take them in. So we bless you guys today for just being willing and open yeah. to surrender your hearts, your homes, your entire lives, Jeremy. <laughs> Someone's this a is what preacher. it looks like. <laughs> This is what it looks like. You know, it, it's one thing to become a parent when you're like 12, like Jake and I were. Not really. We were 20-ish. Um, but it's a whole other thing when you've been married for a long time and you get set in your ways. And then it's like, oh, we're 40 now and we're going to have little children in our home. God bless you guys. And not just one little child in our home. <laughs> two little children in our home. All at once. You know, just to recap. So... Ten years. Ten years. Just to recap, um, so you can put this in perspective in your own life, and you can see yourself in their story as well. Um, married, wanted to have kids, can't have kids, and spend the next 17-ish years trying to find ways to make things work. It not work. You let go. Hope becomes alive again in your heart. And then God shows up. But all the while, in all the midst of the mess and the hardness and the scary days and the, the rejections and the, nope, you're not going to get this kid. In the middle of all of that stuff, they hang on to the word of God. They hang on to what God said to them. They hang on to scriptures in the Bible that meant something to them, that spoke directly to them. When you find yourself in those places, you've got to go back to the word and hang on and say, regardless of what my circumstances say, regardless of what the doctor says or the adoption agency says or my parents say or whoever says, this is what the word of God says. And then you find yourself where God moves on your behalf and the promise is fulfilled. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. 
And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.